This is Referees World with Darren Cullum and Richard Mellon. Hello again and welcome to the Referees World podcast. My name's Darren Cullum. I'm a level five referee affiliated with Somerset FA. And this is my colleague, my mentor and PGMLO assessor, level four tutor, amongst other things. I always forget that long list. That long list of distinguishment, Rich. Rich Mellon, ladies and gents. Hi, Darren. Uh, how was the summer, first of all? Um, sometimes wet, sometimes warm, but, you know... Much golfing? Little, uh, not enough golf. A um, little bit of a holiday, um, but like everybody I else... I saw some of your pictures. Oh, OK. I'm pleased to say <laughs> I didn't see white bits. <laughs> Let's move on. Anyway, uh, this is a podcast for referees of all levels. So you could be right at the very top of the game. You could be just coming in at grassroots level. Hopefully when you listen, you can pick up some ideas, some tips and get involved as well. Uh, that's what we do here at the podcast. We like to sort of keep it fresh and uh, chop and change things every now and again and get stuck into interviews and conversations. And of course, you can listen to us online, either at the website, refereesworld.co.uk or you can listen to us on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search out Referees World, sign up to the podcast, and then they'll drop into your little inbox every time there's a new one. So um, we're into a new season, okay? Uh, and we thought we'd leave it just a couple of weeks just for the season to bed in. So we've got some uh, we've got some meat on the bone, let's say, to bring up discussions with. Yeah. Um, and bringing that and bearing that in mind, um, I think one of the you know, the first things we need to t- look at is the uh, changes in law. Yeah, um, I think it's best to say interpretation. Interpretation. Change of interpretation. Uh, and that refers to the offside. Mm. Uh, law, and that's the main one. Law obviously. 11. Um, it's, it's, it, is, it is slightly differently interpreted and uh, rightly so. We've seen a couple of incidents mm-hmm. um, on live games um, and it's all about the uh, forward now impacting... Uh, on the defender or on the goalkeeper. So for those that haven't actually read or seen the actual law change themselves, shame on you, first of all. Uh, mm-hmm. So how, how is it described these days compared to what it was? Um, well, th- there would be an element of waiting for the, for the guy to be involved uh, previously, uh, and it was almost sort of um, playing the ball. Let's say he was actually playing the ball. That's what that's what we were looking for, um, and you know it wouldn't deviate from that very much. But now with the new uh, interpretation, uh, and I think it's made it easier personally. Uh, that's how I see it, uh, and I've seen it operated now on quite a few games at football league level, uh, and the lads are settling in. There's one or two um, sort of questions uh, being asked of match officials uh, and generally generally this the standard the recognition of offside is good it is good uh, do I, these I, changes in recognition um, or interpretation should I say uh, tighten the game up um, yeah a little bit I suppose the one a question that, that because we've obviously before we came uh, into recording in the studio we've talked about the instance that we're going to try and go through um, I think looking back, these instances, okay, surely they're going to have to be shown on the big screens at the grounds so that everybody else can see what's going on because of the way and the speed that these instances happen. You know, a lot of people are not going to see it and they're going to think, well, hang on a minute, and surely that's going to impact on the officials. Well, that's a, that's a debate we could have, and I mean, mm. uh, our listeners would uh, join in with the debate if we could all get round uh, and have a chat. Um, will they put... Um, Replays on the big screens in the grounds, only, only the powers mm. that be that will decide that, uh, and that's that's their decision. There has to be 
reasons for, uh, you know, safe reasons for doing it uh, and, and not looking for con- controversial reasons because that's, that's not what football should be uh, judged by, controversial uh, reason, uh, decisions. But that's how people do look at it uh, in some cases. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about a couple of offside decisions that we've seen uh, on the TV recently. Uh, and the one uh, Crystal Palace involving uh, Palace versus Aston Villa, mm-hmm. the goal was correctly disallowed. Um, that's not been played so many times. Uh, but the one w- involving the Liverpool Bournemouth um, Benteki goal, I'll call it the Benteki goal, um, that's been shown so, so many times uh, because it's a wrong judgment. Uh, and, you know, uh, that that's not hiding behind anything. It's been declared that it was an incorrect judgment uh, relating to an offside position. Uh, and the goal shouldn't have stood. So, you know, we're going to discuss that. But it, it has, for me, it's made it a little bit easier. Um, but my colleagues who, who run the line uh, as assistant referees will, you know, obviously have their own opinions as regards mm. settling in with the new interpretation or the adjusted interpretation. So, um, you know, I'm on, on the basis that I've seen uh, the six games that I've done for the PGMOL, I have seen a level of competency that matches expectation. And well done to those lads that have uh, achieved that. Now, surely uh, those involved in these situations um, have to be so on top of their game because it's all about the phases of the game, isn't it, which can then bring the actual law into operation. The, the, the skill sets for assistant mm. referees... Um, and I think the one the are. one that you really want to touch on is the Crystal Palace one, where the assistant referee at the far end of the field of play yeah. was the chap that gave the decision down the headsets, down using the communications, that... It yeah. should, the, the, should the not one, be allowed. Yeah, the one in the one involving the the, the disallowed goal um, for Crystal Palace, correctly disallowed, was all about sharing information. Mm. Uh, and in the, this early in the discussion, I think it's it's quite easy to say to all my colleagues listening out there. The days of telling your assistant referees when you're giving them pre-match debrief, when you tell them offside are yours at all times, that has now disappeared mm. because. Uh, using the Crystal Palace versus Villa uh, example, that is a, a clear um, indication of how to share information. Uh, the active assistant referee, um, by all accounts, wasn't quite clear if the Crystal Palace player in an offside position had touched the ball. Because he was blocked. His view was blocked, wasn't it? No, because the, the position of the player, he had his back to him. So... The the Palace player's back was directly Sorry, it was facing. Refer- it was the referee. It was the referee. The referee that, that was blocked. Yeah, the that referee was that com- was blocked. Now the referee saw the ball going as far as he was aware. Uh, it was it was played from twenty yards out directly into goal. Now that's how his interpretation of it. But there was a Crystal Palace player in an offside position. Did he impact? On the defenders, did he impact on the goalkeeper, or even did he touch the ball? Now. Two of three match officials that were active couldn't actually make that clear judgment, but someone else shared information, and it's a great decision uh, to disallow the goal. And it's correct. Whilst I say it's a great decision, I'm talking about the level of teamwork. It was a great uh, piece See, of teamwork. See, this is what I mean, going back to what I was saying just now about replaying those instances on a big screen in the ground so the rest of the crowd can see it. That is a good exception, you know. That and, is a good reason. And, and I appreciate reason. that there'll be many people that say, "Well, that's not possible because of finances mm. and this, that, and the other." But there is so much money now with the TV rights. Um, I mean, what, what what does each club get? What 100 million, 150 oh, million? It's it's you know? a lot of money. Surely, out of a that, of money. out of that money, um, part of the uh, 
part of the, 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 the decisions made should be perhaps that there's a big screen there, you know, to help show these instances because it would then help the crowd get off the referee or the officials back. Do you see what I'm I getting think, at? I think you've got a valid point. Uh, and like I say, I'm sure uh, my colleagues... Because not everybody would have seen the decision and they'd have thought that it was all wrong, but yeah. because they could, they could communicate properly through the, the, through the system... Yeah. I'm sure that my colleagues uh, and uh, our bosses at the PGMOL have discussed this at some at some length and repeatedly at length uh, as regards should they be showing uh, replays of any sort at a ground. I mean, there are certain things that um, could be shown, and I think this is a good example of one, but there are some things that could be deemed as um, a little bit... Antagonistic. Con- con- yeah, yeah, and and that might not be good. So I, I I understand why we don't do it at the moment, but there could be some sort of code uh, come in as regards what's acceptable and what's not mm. acceptable on, on, to play on the big screen. A good few years ago, I'm talking early sort of two thousands. I was doing the pitch side commentary uh, and the microphone stuff at Cardiff City mm-hmm. at Ninian Park, which is a cauldron to be in. An absolute cauldron. Uh, and they had big screen stuff. And whenever they scored a goal, they would replay that during match time. Whenever there was an away goal, they obviously wouldn't touch it because mm. it would wind the fans mm. up. But, you know, the, the facilities are, are clearly there at some levels. Yeah, resources uh, are there lower than Premier League, at, at, but... at specific levels. And I just think it has to be carefully managed. Mm. There's no doubt about that. So whilst I, I understand the idea... Is, is hugely interesting to sort of introduce it, but there has to be levels of what we will accept and what can't be accepted as regards what they will replay. Uh, and arguably, the, that Crystal Palace incident versus the Villa, uh, I thought that would be a real good piece of education, interesting, and it would um, explain how they got to the decision and why. Is that a very good example that you would use in a training schedule? Oh, I, to I think play so. to play that clip at various uh, yeah I, I think that meetings be, and stuff it, that will already have been used by some mm. uh, I don't know where and I, and I couldn't quote uh, who who would be using it but let me say locally uh, as as West Somerset referees for instance will be using that as an mm. example of good teamwork sharing information and communicating and that's what we ask match officials to do share information and communicate and let's get the the right the big decisions right and that was Obviously, a big, big decision, and they got it exactly right. But on the other side of the coin, that very same that very same setup for a goal could mm. have been done on uh, a lower league, a county league, where they don't have the headsets and stuff. Yeah, that that comes down to face to face dialogue. Yeah. You know, um, there's there's a, a level of um, sharing information, uh, and l- let me say to you, let's the assistant referee on the halfway line. Uh, doesn't have communications uh, kit uh, to um, verbally um, communicate with the referee, um, but he has got a set of pair of eyes and he can see what goes on at the other end. Now, if he saw, let's say, um, a, a player punch another player behind the referee's back and nobody else saw it but he saw it, he can inform the referee to take appropriate action to dismiss for, for violent conduct. So here we are as regards... Um, uh, a key match incident or key match decision uh, whereby uh, assistant referee on the halfway line clearly sees a player in an offside position uh, or oh, sorry yeah let's say he does know he's in an offside position because it's so obvious um, referee is blocked gives the goal uh, it, if I incorrectly um, restart the game wrong in law 
please tell me. That's that's what referees are quoting in their pre-match. If I start, if I look like I'm going to restart the game wrong in law, please tell me. Now, arguably, that's a, that's a reason to come to the referee and give him some information mm. about what you've seen. Uh, and if you think he's incorrect in law, then I I think you have an obligation as an assistant referee to help him out. You know, and you know, secure good teamwork with, with credible information. You know, don't think, don't say, I think I saw him touch it or I don't think he touched it. You've got to be certain. You, you've got to be certain. You can't sort of um, play guesswork, mm. you know, and, and no one I know out there um, in, in, the, in the top end of uh, football refereeing guesses. They don't guess. Uh, they, 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 there's a good instinct and there's a good level of observation, good angles, good, uh, good viewing p- uh, positions. And, you know, they come together um, as a set of skills. So those listening are... A, um, aspiring to go towards the um, top end of uh, football as a match official you know there's a lot to learn uh, and just digressing slightly the assistant referee skill sets are forever developing uh, and um, you know it's it's fascinating to watch the good assistant referees and to learn from them and it's every reason for you as you go up through the system to make sure that you hone those skills at the early stage because you know we can all rely on technologies but sometimes technologies can go wrong or they may not be available at any time mm. as long as you've got a good solid set of communication skills then it should carry you as far as you want to go yeah yeah i mean um we, we're, we're digressing slightly here from mm. uh, law 11 and the offside um interpretation at the moment but um we're fortunate here in our area that we've got a set of buzzer flags which i know is commonly available across the country uh, and elsewhere in, a, in 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 the world as well I, i'm sure people are using the buzzer flags now that is um a standard piece of kit mm. for a lot of people and using the buzzer flags um you need to understand how to use it, when to use it, uh, and you know, not just think it's a it's a play, playful gadget because it does have a valuable part to play, but it's not an alternative to understanding the basics. The basics of eye contact as an assistant referee, uh, you know, good body language, um, early early flag work down below, you know, doing all the right things uh, before you actually even press the buzzer uh, to uh, to alert the referee as regards a foul, off the ball incident, an offside if that's what they're asking for and, and things like that. So, you know, the basics are, are really, really essential and I can't stress that enough mm. as regards when you start off at grassroots, learn the basics, understand the basics, don't try and run too quick and get a set of buzzer flags uh, and think that you know that that's an alternative buzzer flags are not an alternative they're an addition to the basics it's the referees world podcast with darren cullum and richard mellon uh, and we're sort of just very quickly look at say very quickly it's kind of uh, rattled on a bit but we've got off on our little tangents but mm. that's what we do you know one part of a conversation will always lead into another uh, and we're sort of looking at that new interpret that new interpretation of the uh, law 11 offside uh, and how it has an impact and that is the key word now isn't it impact on the players yeah um we, we talked about the Crystal Palace Villa um, offside decision and the correct uh, decision not to award the goal. Um, but the, I think we, we need to um, use another good example of the offside interpretation involving Liverpool versus Bournemouth. Um, and fortunately, I was actually watching that game on the TV uh, and you don't realise... Um, the speed of what things are happening at uh, until you actually sit there and they slow it down. When they start slowing it down, you you realise the skill sets of assistant referees uh, and the speed of thought because that's that's an important thing. The Liverpool goal, 
Um, the goal that um, was scored by uh, Benteke. Um, the take out Coutinho from the equation. The goal is a good goal, but the impact of Coutinho, the Liverpool player, on the uh, in his position in a central position about, I think it's about eight yards out, maybe 10 yards out from goal, central position, he does impact on the Bournemouth keeper's um, vision, decision, yeah, yeah, yeah. decision, vision, mm. uh, to play the ball or not play the ball. Uh, and that is clearly uh, an offside decision that should have been should have been given. So Benteke was onside. Benteke was Good always shot. onside from the time the ball was played. The ball was coming at mm. a real, real fast pace. Uh, and, uh, you know, the it's a case of, is he impacting? Is he mm. not? Did he play it? Did he not? He certainly didn't play the ball, Coutinho, but he did impact uh, and um, gesture mm. to play the ball. He did attempt to play the ball. There's, you know, that's quite clear. But that's in slow motion. Mm. That's in slow motion. We can make that identity, uh, and that wasn't seen by anybody until they started slowing the whole process down. Uh, and uh, you know, this what we're about now is about learning from our colleagues, uh, and this is what we try to do as regards uh, sharing information, sharing education, uh, and the uh, impact of Coutinho on the Liverpool goalkeeper. It should have been given as offside. But it wasn't, and but it wasn't. that's the reason why it's the one that you keep hearing about. Mm, yeah, that because it's controversial, mm, and because and because it um, it sells newspapers, it sells um, <laughs> it winds you know, people TV, up, uh, t- and it TV gives messages. us something to talk about. Yeah, it's given us a little bit it. to talk about. But you know, um, for the positive, I, I just want to go back to that mm. that fantastic decision made by Keith Stroud and his team, um, Pete Kirkup, and I cannot remember who the, who the other members of the team were, but the way in which they got to make that key match decision was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. They shared information and they communicated and they come to the right conclusion uh, and fair play. Well done. And it's definitely worth sounding some of these clips out on YouTube after you've listened to the podcast, because then you can go back and you can relate to it or yeah. then you can l- yeah. watch it whilst we're talking about it as well, which makes it's, a lot it's, of sense. It's, it's, for some of us, it's an easy way of learning mm. rather than talking about it. If you can visually learn from it, mm. that, that's, that's uh, effective as well. This is Referees World with Darren Cullum and Richard Mellon. If you are a new listener, welcome along. My name's Darren Cullum. This is Richard Mellon. It's the Referees World podcast. Uh, We like to get out there, get involved. We'd like to hear back from you as well. Uh, And you can do that either on Facebook, just search out Referees World Podcast on Facebook or on Twitter at Referees World. Follow us. Uh, We've finally crashed through the 3,000 followers barrier. Yep. Which is a, 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 a good old achievement. Still going. So uh, a big thank you to all the new followers who are all over the world. So uh, a big thank you very much as well. One thing I must say as well, which, uh, uh, and that's purely my fault because I forgot to bring this stuff with me. Uh, you may recall on a recent podcast, we spoke to Ross McNenemy. McNenemy, he's going to kill me because I know he listens to this and I've got his name wrong. Ross, who runs Ref Chat, who we're big fans of because there's a lot of involvement there as well. You can go out and air some of your views. Uh, Ross has a little shop on his website. Uh, and he gave us a load of stuff to give away. Now, I promptly came here tonight and forgot to bring the stuff. So we will have some stuff to give away soon. Yeah, I promise. we will. And it's a, it's a great forum that Ross runs. So uh, good luck to the lads. And if you haven't looked at it yet, it's ref, refchat.co.uk or go to our site, refereesworld.co.uk and pick up the link from there. Right. OK. Um, on Facebook, we had a comment from uh, a, a posting there about what actually makes a good referee. And that's something that can really open up a debate Mm. and a conversation and a can of worms as well. Well, 
I'll say to you, Dow. I mean, you, you've got you've got enough experience to be able to help our listeners here. Uh, and remo- <laughs> let me just say to you, um, even our most experienced listeners around the world, uh, as well as the UK, they they will relate to all these ideas mm. that we we've put down. And I know we've exchanged ideas. And um, like I say, chip in, stick it, stick some comments in there, and tell me. The basics we want to look for begin with focus, mm-hmm. concentration, uh, and your approach. You know, I mean, you you do this, you've done this, um, so you know, lead on, lead on, Macduff. Okay, well, since we were talking about laws just now, uh, knowledge of the laws uh, has clearly got to be up there. Absolutely, you know, if it, uh, let me use this carefully, knowledge is power. Mm. Knowledge is crucial. Um, if you don't have knowledge of the laws uh, and you're tested out on the field of play, you could be you know, on a banana skin. Of course, it'll give you that extra confidence as well because if you know the law inside out, you're going into every decision without having to think about it. You're like, yes, that is my decision and that's the reason for mm. that particular mm. sanction, let's say. Sometimes I think when our colleagues don't have knowledge of laws, they become stubborn. Mm. They become stubborn in their in their ways when they're out on the field of play, uh, and they slightly let themselves down through not being flexible enough to listen to people. Because even though um, barriers go up, it's what we're talking yeah, about. Barriers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, people make comments, and sometimes those comments do have a you know a, a relevance, a, a part of a, you know a good part to play. So listen to what those people are. Dismiss them if you don't like them, of course. But, you know, somewhere along the line, someone in that technical area, let me use this as an example, someone in that technical area will shout at you sometime during a game, how many more times is he going to be allowed to do that, Ref? Mm. You know, that is a contribution to your match control Mm. somewhere. Have you been missing somebody that's been regularly getting involved unnecessarily, unfairly, and have you missed it? You know, so just listen to it and consider it. Don't take it on board necessarily, but... Sometimes... The players can actually be right. Of it's, course, it's, it's it's worth. That's what, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I'm saying. This is this is a two way street. You here. may not want to. You may not yeah. want to admit it because yeah. of your situation on the uh, field of play. But sometimes these things can be yeah. pointed out correctly I mean, by the players. My message will be: is don't be so stubborn. Mm. Uh, you know, just just be a little bit flexible in your mind and your thoughts, uh, and just consider what they're saying and. And see if you can run back through your mind if it's been 20, 25 minutes of the game that they've been going. And all of a sudden, out comes a comment, how many more, referee? Mm. Just think about it. You've got to start asking yourself the question then, well, Mm. if that's being piped up now uh, and you're in a situation where it looks like the game, you could be losing a bit of control, then you might just have to start to adapt. It it could be a threat. Mm. It could be a threat. You could be losing a little bit of respect, Mm. you know, uh, and so consequently... Give it some consideration. Don't don't just blank it out because it's come from the tech, technical area uh, and you think it's just invalid. It could be could be relevant. So we're talking about what you think makes a good referee. I suppose this list could go on and on and on. Um, uh, but looking down the bits that we've scribbled, uh, uh, you. We're talking about the knowledge of the laws, mm. and I suppose mm. in turn that will include the competition rules. Oh my word! You yes. know, which can have yeah, yeah. a massive impact. If- yeah, competition rules. Uh, there is um, significant changes with, let's say, substitutions, numbers of substitutions, rolling substitutions. Uh, will the competition allow it? This is a, we're talking grassroots at the moment. Extra yeah. time? Do we go straight to penalties? Extra time afterwards? penalties. I mean, I was at a competition. Uh, sorry. I don't wish to name drop, but I was at a game Tuesday night, Exeter City. Exeter played Portsmouth in the uh, Johnson's Paint Trophy. 
Now, this season, uh, the uh, competition rules state the game will be played over 90 minutes, and then there will, if the games are tied after 90 minutes, there will be a penalty kick competition. There's no extra time. Hmm. So they are testing, uh, n- oh, sorry, competition rules knowledge of the referees hmm. at that level, you know. And, and I jokingly went in there, and the referee came out and said, Right, he said, uh, Tonight, um, uh, the 90 minutes and uh, penalty kicks. I said, you sure no extra time? No, no, no. He'd, he'd done his homework. Mm. And that's that's referees at top end doing their homework. And I just say, everybody should be doing their homework, uh, whatever level we referee at. Mm. So competition rules are hugely important to play. Substitutions, numbers of substitutions, rolling substitutions, it, all sorts of... There are different um, variations of um, substitutions and, um, you know, if they're allowed to return and things like that. Okay, moving on with this list then. What makes a good referee? How about personality and courage? I suppose uh, would be a, a, a good one to put in there. Because well, you, you've got to have an element of courage, I think, particularly uh, grassroots level, your first couple of games. And you might be a youngster. You might be, you might be 13, 14 years old going out there doing your first couple of games. Mm. And it can be a cauldron. I've used that word twice in this podcast, but yeah, yeah. it can be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Courage, courage is huge for for every referee, but especially our younger colleagues that are listening. Um, you'll go out there and you'll come home if you haven't already come home from a game, and you'll think, "Why do I bother?" <laughs> you know, we, we've all had that situation. I, I can re- clearly remember my days uh, and those early days of why did I bother? And I was I was twenty eight year old. Um, adult at that time you know I wasn't 16 or 17 year old uh, referee that's learning the trade at that age um, you know so courage is, is there I, I think you've got every referee that decides to take the course has got courage because you've decided to go on the course to start with and that takes courage to do that. I think as well it's worth pointing out for those new starters again, and this is something I've been blurting on about for years, is the character building that it does for you. To be able to deal with situations with 22 blokes, uh, and on a Sunday morning a lot of those could be feeling pretty rough and looking rough because they're the night before. Um, and if you can handle that situation, uh, in general life situations, yeah. it could, it could I, do I think, well. I think with, with courage... Um, um, and I'll use this as a 16, 17 year old uh, referee you, you need confidence mm. with it you know confidence and courage they do come together uh, courage um, whatever level it takes courage to be able to do something uh, that will likely draw a disagreement but you know hand on heart it's the correct decision let me use an example um, and if you've got all those previous things on the list that we've already discussed, then your courage and confidence will be at top of the level anyway. Let, let me use an example um, whereby it was the Newcastle-Arsenal game uh, and it was the new signing for Newcastle uh, last weekend and he was sent off for serious foul play. Uh, and it was unquestionably the right decision by, by, I think it was Andre Mariner. It was unquestionably the right decision. But 55,000 Geordies in that stadium thought he was wrong mm. and thought he was the party pooper, you know, and they told him, un, you know, in no uncertain terms and leaving the field to play at half time, he was not patted on the back. You know, uh, he, he took a lot of, mm. um, let's say, uh, he took a lot of chirp. I think that's the best way to call it. He, caught, he took a lot of chirp uh, and, um, you know, 
match of the day proved him to be totally right mm. and all the punditry all the replays have proven that decision was right match but of the day took, but, can be a saviour at some point oh, oh, absolutely absolutely uh, and um, you know what it did do uh, it, it sort of it pacified everybody as regards the accuracy the accuracy of the referee and you know, okay, everybody will say, oh, but he's a he's a, a premiership FIFA referee. But it still takes mm. courage. It, it's about focus and concentration for him, of course, uh, and going through the the uh, what he's seen, rerunning that through his mind, what he's seen. Did I see that? Yes, I did. And now that's a red card, you know. He knows the consequences. And when players take those, uh, let's call that a risk, but I don't. that wasn't a risk at that level. That was, uh, you know, uh, just, a, just a bad challenge mm. uh, by the Newcastle player. And rightly, he was sent off. So courage, courage to carry out the, the, the strength of your convictions and know what you've seen. But I would like to say, don't be the only one on the field of play that sees a shirt pull or things like that, mm. you know. But when you do see um, dismissals, um, it takes courage yeah. uh, and have self-belief. Uh, next on the list, we've got body language and posture, because if you look like you're... Um, how can I put this? If you look like you're not in control, then the players are just going to rip you to bits anyway. Yeah, I've, it's it's very difficult to demeanor. Yeah, it's mm. it's very difficult to um, learn body language uh, as a, as a um, a young referee. Especially, it's something you you grow into, isn't you, it? Yeah, you yeah. develop uh, you develop as you mature yeah, over yeah. years. Uh, and you know, uh, if you look at body language uh, and demeanor, posture, um, look at the. Uh, Look at the poker faces a lot of our top referees have got. Uh, they do have personalities behind those poker faces, but they're out there to do a job. Mm. Now, if you're looking at them closely, uh, you know, just just be, what can one say, um, be flexible in your mind. and Don't think that what you see them do is exactly what you've got to copy because they are professional referees, they, are, they have professional standards, and not everything that they do is what you can copy. Uh, but... 19, well, I won't say 99% of it, but a, a large, large majority of what they do can be, um, what can I say, can be used for training modules. There's no doubt about mm. that. Uh, but like I say, some of the stuff that they uh, have to do is for that level of football. That is for the professional level. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, there are certain things that we will interpret differently uh, on the field of play. I've got a few more here on the list, Rich, mm. before we finish. Um, and proximity... Uh, has to be has to be in there somewhere proximity and you you know your view where you are yeah i mean there are so many things you can talk about proximity but mobility fitness levels mm. uh, come into play here uh proximity to the action areas um my advice is try not to be in the way of players don't get in the uh, playing areas avoid the playing areas if you can players from junior levels all the way from the youth football all the way up through do want to play in, tri in, in triangles, if you see what I'm saying. Try to stay out of the triangle. Uh, that's a target. Have close proximity to play. Don't be too close because you can miss things. You you know, that, that's been proven. Uh, being on top of play uh, is not always the best thing. The interpret, uh, sorry, the, um, what can one say? The, the cliche of on top of play mm. sounds good. But literally, if you are on top of play, you're not in the best position. Mm. So what's what's a decent position? You know, what what what's a decent view? Left, left, left. 
yeah yeah <laughs> left 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 we'll, we'll cover that another time because yeah. we always mention left 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 but what, what's your target distance are our colleagues on the uh, on the select group the premiership referees on average i think they're around about somewhere between 14 and 16 meters from every major decision which in turn gives them credibility and of credibility course. was going to be on the list yeah. they are professionally yeah. working for that so what what would we you know hope to achieve as um uh, referees that are not refereeing at le- that level set yourself targets you know you that game you did for us at the end of last season on the 18s, you, you must have set yourself a target as regards... <laughs> Just when, to get through it was, <laughs> was, was my target. I need to explain at this point that that is because I, it was my first game for a couple of seasons and uh, it was just a, a little icebreaker, if you like. Yeah, but, um, you know, you set yourself targets and what's a reasonable target um, for key decisions? Maximum 20 yards, mm. I would, I'd like to suggest. Uh, and, you know, how to sell decisions, um, keep moving. Having seen uh, a foul or not a foul even, uh, but a challenge on the floor, um, don't stand don't stand still 20, 25 yards away. You know, close that distance down. Um, if you've seen a foul, um, you're going to blow the whistle, you're going to keep moving. And by the time the player starts to get up and turn around, you're, you're, you're literally within four or five yards of the mm. players. Uh, and the chances are your presence has deterred any sort of um, un- unsavoury comments. And so it's about selling decisions. Or indeed any conflict between um, opposing team members. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Your, your physical presence does help sell decisions. Uh, and so consequently, it's how you use it. Um, fitness, mobility. So I was just about proximity. to say, we're then going into the realms of making sure that you are fit. You've got to be fit. Sure. There's no point in doing yeah. it if you're not. Yeah. But uh, the cliche about are you fit to referee or do you referee to get fit? You know, mm. which way round are you? You know, be, be fit to referee. That's, that's, our, that's our quest. Um, and of course, something we've already t- touched on uh, quite heavily so far in this particular episode is communication. Good communication between uh, you as the referee, uh, your assistants and your fourth official. Yeah. And you if, are a team. Work together. Yeah. Even if you've got club assistant referees and if you're not fortunate enough to have fourth officials, OK, that's understandable because not every level has fourth officials, but you will have club assistant referees. So communication and management of them is key. Uh, and like I say, sometimes uh, an assistant referee, club assistant referee can be extremely good mm. and, you, and you can get a pair of uh, good club assistant referees and they help the game. And do you know they what? There are help. some club assistant referees that will give a decision against their own club because they are honest sure and honesty was one one of the things that I was going to mention not only you as the referee yeah uh, the assistant referee but if you've got good ARs at club level then that can really boost the game for you of course it is you know and they they do make managing the game a little bit easier as opposed to those club assistant referees are a little bit sort of like you know they want to be the uh, station master with the flag you know and uh, it's up up in the air every two minutes uh, I've just suddenly remembered I had a game once and uh, this was this was a game which we've discussed before because of certain instances which took place Um, and this was the 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 minor game with the uh, the big decisions of uh, what happened. Previous podcasts will explain all that. Yeah. But the assistant referee at club level at that particular point was running down the line talking to somebody on his mobile phone. And that is that is one of the instances that took place on that day. There you go. So uh, they can be doing all sorts so of you things can get a good, other than you running get a good the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully that, that list will help you 
decide what makes a good referee. But of course, if you'd like to get involved and you've got any other decisions, then please get in touch with us. Do that either through the website refereesworld.co.uk. We're on Twitter at refereesworld and on Facebook, search out Referees World Podcast. Get involved. Be good to hear from you sometime as well. Uh, pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Rich, as we said earlier on, in the next episode, we will have some stuff to give away. Yeah. But on this occasion, I left it at home. Um, what would we... How will we decide to give the present away? Ooh, Have you got any ideas, or should we ask the listeners? I think it's uh, it's got to be an online thing. Okay. So uh, we can talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Uh, it's got to be an online thing, so it's going to be driving traffic to the website. Okay. Okay. We'll Sounds ma- good. We'll make it nice and simple, and it's a nice little package. Thanks to our friends uh, at refchat.co.uk. Yeah, thanks, Ross. So, yeah. Ross, thank you very much once again for that. And thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you know somebody who's a fellow referee, a fellow colleague that doesn't listen and you feel that they could learn just through listening to what we do, uh, have a look at some of the comments, some of the feedback that others have left for us, um, and then maybe pass on a link to them as mm. well. Happy refereeing. Happy refereeing, absolutely. Um, and we'll be back very soon. This is Referees World. Listen online at refereesworld.co.uk or search iTunes for Referees World.